You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Kelsey. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. And welcome to the Spring Book Club episode, everyone. Yay. In case you have not heard a book club episode of ours before, we will be spending the entire episode discussing The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. But first, a snack to munch on. And I'm just, I smell this. It smells so here. good. Okay, so I just stopped at the bakery. The bakery we manifested right. into the universe. You, I think, did had more effort in that than I did. I did the heavy lifting. You really but. did. Um, they have amazing cinnamon rolls, which I will pre-order for holidays often. Yeah. But they have often like seasonal ones mm-hmm. too. So this is a lemon blueberry roll. I so I got, they're big. This. So I got one for us to share. Uh-huh. A little treat while we be neighborly and talk books. So. Okay. Let's give it a whirl. Oh, I'm excited. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Lemon blueberry, you said? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That lemon with the cinnamon is so good. Mm. And we were just talking about how just that smell of freshly mm-hmm. baked yeasted bread mm-hmm. is just so comforting. It's just got like a direct line to the soul. Yeah. I just feel better. Like I feel... Like my grandma's taking care of me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be munching on this along the way. Okay. So many munchy noises. That's so good. That's really good. Friends, I wish you could smell this. (laughs) Okay. So... Let's get into our book discussion. Okay. Um, first, I'm going to read the summary to remind us all of what we read. And yeah. I listened to this one, which yep. I did highly recommend, but I feel like some details get lost when you do that and a sometimes. a lot happened in this A book. lot happened. Okay. Cyril Avery is not a real Avery, or at least that's what his adoptive parents tell him, and he never will be. But if he isn't a real Avery, then who is he? Born out of wedlock to a teenage girl cast out from her rural Irish community and adopted by a well-to-do if eccentric Dublin couple via the intervention of a hunchbacked redemptorist nun, (laughs) Cyril is adrift in the world anchored only tenuously by his heartfelt relationship with the infinitely more glamorous and dangerous Julian Woodbead. At the mercy of fortune and coincidence, he will spend a lifetime coming to know himself and where he came from. And over his many years, will struggle to discover an identity, a home, a country, and much more. In this Boyne's most transcendent work to date, he also wrote The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Which I have Side not note, read. I have not either, but now I want to. Me too. We are shown the story of Ireland from the 1940s to today through the eyes of one ordinary man. The Heart's Invisible Furies is a novel to make you laugh and cry while reminding us all of the redemptive power of the human spirit. That it is. And it is. That it is. Okay. So before we even dive into our overall impressions of the book, let's start with the scene that basically sets the whole story in motion when Cyril's mother, Catherine Goggin, Mm -hmm. is pregnant with him, discovered to be pregnant with him as a teenager. Um, So this question is from litlovers.com's book discussion guide. Uh They had some good questions, and it really sets the stage for us, I think. (laughs) It's 1945, Father James Monroe go care to comment <laughs> i read this at first and i was like wait am i missing something but then i really did have to go back to like that is how the book opens mm-hmm. father james monroe is in the, there in this small mm-hmm. irish town mm-hmm. he's at the pulpit um 
and is denouncing Catherine yeah. Goggin, uh, calls her a whore. Oh, in, every name in the book. Yeah. Every name in the book in front of the whole congregation. Mm-hmm. She's sitting there. She's looking at all of her brothers on down the line. Um, and so, yeah, it is just so interesting. It just, um, oh, and, and this is also how it opens. This is paraphrased, I think, of the first um, paragraph. Long before we discovered that he had fathered two children by two different women, Father James Monroe <laughs> denounced my mother as a whore. Uh-huh. So setting that tone mm-hmm. of hypocrisy, of just, you know, casting someone out, mm-hmm. of sealing their fate mm-hmm. in that way, it just casting the church as an yeah. antagonist and just yeah that it's its own character and has so much power in that yes time and space yes. culturally exactly so anyway that it did just feel like it sucked you in just from that first page and it was just you know like whoa this is something bigger there are strong emotions mm-hmm. and big things at mm-hmm. play here so yeah and so um I mean, meant to kind of jar you, right? Yeah, right, right. Like, whoa. Yeah. Because he's also talking about it, like, from in the womb. Yeah. Like, he's narrating, you know, right. Cyril is the kind of the narrator through the whole thing. Yes. And so he's talking about it, like, the story he's been told, right? right? And it's meant to be jarring, but there's this light, you know, even that sentence about, like, before we discovered he had right. fathered two children, there's this tone to it that's, like, some real crappy stuff is going to happen in this story. Yeah. And we're going to like see the entire human experience right like right there it kind of shows you like we're gonna mm-hmm. laugh at it we're gonna cry about it we're gonna get real pissed about it yeah um but yeah it's meant to be jarring but also like i think the interesting part about that even is how common that was mm-hmm. and even i mean in, in our own country in religious settings for mm-hmm. sh- for sure but even just society in general mm-hmm. how much that has changed like the shaming of women in particular yeah um for you know pregnancy outside of wedlock anything like that Mm -hmm. um and just kind of our obsession with it culturally and religiously like that that sin even was just over everything else and that you would throw a pregnant woman of any sort like out on the street literally yes and her family would condone it um but then okay i do have this question for Mm -hmm. you so who is the father i i feel like there was something that implied that maybe it was her uncle Oh no, gosh, now I'm now Or I'm just an older man, maybe. Because no, they went back and she talked about it. Almost like maybe like a cousin or like a friend. It wasn't but I thought that it was someone that she really wanted to be with and he really liked or loved her, but he was engaged or married or something okay but related too, right like by marriage maybe maybe i can't i can't remember now but i feel like it was a situation where um she didn't want to like weigh him down right like this and she felt guilty because she felt like for the first time in her life i do remember she was like telling cyril this story Mm -hmm. later on that she felt like she came into like her own sexually and realized she had that kind of power over uh-huh. a man and whatever right. and really kind right. of pushed it when he was saying like no this is wrong right like i did not get the impression that she was taken advantage right of, like, and so she felt bad in, that it was very that it was very mutual yeah and then um and that it wasn't him saying oh you have to get rid of it do whatever right. i think he felt incredibly guilty like yes. what what are we gonna do and she was just like no this is my life and tried to give her money when she left when she was kicked out with nothing and she said no yeah so 
Yeah, just super. I thought that was a brilliant way to open the book, yeah. number one. Oh my gosh. Um, and yeah, just like, okay, th- we're doing this. Yeah. We are diving and all into just this. Just the, the setting of Ireland <clears throat> and like we said, the Catholic <clears throat> Church <clears throat> and the power that they have and their particular rules and judgment <clears throat> is such a character. And so to just give you that setting so powerfully, Mm. you know, right then was just so interesting. And this was such an interesting time period. I've read so many books about World War II. Yeah. And this is coming just right after that. Right. And in a setting that I haven't read as much about. So, And just talking about even, um, you know, obviously you, you kind of, you know, Irish Catholic is a thing, right? right? And it's, but I think just not even realizing how much, even if you're not a practicing Catholic, like much culturally, culturally that that's it. impacted the whole country of yeah. Ireland and then into our country yeah. and I, you know, immigrants mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, just how much that's kind of affected like the moral mm-hmm. compass, some of it for good. Right. But some of it definitely just like our, our ways of thinking mm-hmm. and why it would have been so difficult to be a homosexual at that time or even know what a homosexual yeah. was. Yeah. Um, or who, you know, so just really interesting to like, hey, you need to know why this was like right. difficult for me to come into my own. Right. This yeah, is it's the true. cultural like, bias is, I was coming from. This is from. a serious thing. Like mm-hmm. this, this is the kind of landscape I was yeah, born into. This is what I'm working with. <laughs> um, okay. So tell me what you thought about the book overall. Usually we kind of give it a grade and yeah. then um, just why things we liked, things we didn't like go from <sighs> there. Okay. So. I will say I went into this book in my favorite way to read a book, had no idea what it was about. Mm -hmm. You had suggested it. I think you'd said you'd been hearing a lot about it. And I think I had seen it mentioned too here and there. I think Shauna Nequist actually had posted about it that she read it and loved it. So, Uh, But I had no idea what it was about and I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm going to give it an A, Mm -hmm. maybe an A plus. It might crack my top 10 even. It was amazing. It was so, so good. It's one that I would like to own in hardback. I definitely have recommended it, and I would recommend it for for anyone who loves epic fi- fiction with rich characters. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I could see myself rereading it. So just some, some of the things I loved about it. I loved the characters. They were so rich, so complex. It just, they felt incredibly real to me. Mm -hmm. And I think especially Cyril just felt, he just felt so real. I felt his anguish. I felt how torn he was between doing what was expected of him Mm -hmm. and being his true self. Mm -hmm. And even at the times where I felt so frustrated like where he agreed to be engaged to Alice yeah you know and you're just thinking from the outside no don't do that but then you have to think what options options does he have have? yeah and so I loved that I just love that the author painted those situations Mm -hmm. because those are the kinds of things where fiction takes you out of your shoes and puts you into someone else's that I would not experience in in that way um I really like I also think that you saw Cyril change significantly mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. time. And that's just so satisfying, kind mm-hmm. of just that character arc. So I really, really liked that. I thought that this book, it almost showed off or flaunted, but not in a bad way. I felt the beauty and power of fiction as opposed to nonfiction. Yeah. And for me, that was really in the symmetry 
of Mm -hmm. events that Mm -hmm. happened throughout the book. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but that just really stood out to me. It was sort of just everything felt very balanced. Yes. And and it didn't bother me. No, it was like for a purpose. Yeah, it didn't feel gratuitous or for me, it didn't feel like anything was just like, oh, well, isn't that nice that tied Mm -hmm. up like that? It just felt like this beautiful balance of life. Mm -hmm. Someone was lost, someone was gained, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. this, this relationship didn't work out over here, but 50 years later, it kind of works out in this other way. So I just, I really like that. And I think that that is something that can only happen in fiction, yes. but it has to be done very well to not feel too pat, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I just, I really liked that. I loved the time period. Like I said, I don't remember necessarily reading a book in this particular mm-hmm. time period and just, just how fascinating and honestly eye-opening. Yeah. I have not considered the perspective of a gay person during that time. Yeah. Really, you mm-hmm. know, like with a lot of thought, to how incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. that would have been, how dangerous it would have been, how life-threatening in many ways that that would be. Um, And just, I loved too, getting that perspective of he was in Ireland, then he was in Denmark, Mm -hmm. and then in the U.S., and getting those different perspectives Mm -hmm. of how things were, um, you know, maybe more open, Mm -hmm. but what the downsides to that was in Amsterdam. And just how maybe the discrimination wasn't as dangerous or life-threatening as time went on, but that it's still, well, it was life-threatening in one case, but like, yeah, just um, kind of the evolution of discrimination, like Uh as that's obviously been a hot cultural topic, you know, that was just something that no one ever talked about Uh before that time point, probably. Yeah. yeah, And really, I feel like too, we we have this tendency to, sorry, this is a side note, but just a little bit uh, piggybacking on what you were saying, I feel like we have a tendency in a position of privilege, which mm-hmm. I am as a white heterosexual, mm-hmm. um, to assume that things are so much better mm-hmm. that like, oh, well, it's not like that anymore. Right. And you don't have, and I, I feel like this book, because it showed him mm-hmm. his whole lifespan, mm-hmm. it showed how like he dealt with things even as they were getting better. Yeah. And, and just the way you would approach thinking about yourself and like how hard that really is to live a life that's different from the norm or in the, you know, whatever the norm is the time. Um, and how impactful that is like generationally even, you know, and that you can see changes and whatever even, but like there's pain there Mm -hmm. and there's history there and you don't just erase all that because, you know, we make gay marriage legal. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, that's not how it works. And so I just think that it was really good at getting us, um, getting us inside of a person Mm -hmm. that like to really put ourselves in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Did a really good job of that. Definitely. And, and one thing that I really, really loved is that we didn't find out. I can't remember how far we were into the book. We didn't find out that Cyril was gay and he didn't realize that well, he I was gay. Well, I like that, that, yeah, he was like... Yeah, exactly. So I loved that we were introduced to him as just a character. So then it's not a gay character. Through it's, that perspective, Here's this yeah. character, he is gay. Mm-hmm. And I, the more I thought about that, I just, I loved it so much because first you relate to him, you relate mm-hmm. to him as just a this, human. this boy growing up, mm-hmm. starting to have these feelings mm-hmm. and then realizing that... I think I'm attracted to, to yeah. boys, to, to yeah. men. And 
and seeing that really uncertainty that. like that mm-hmm. that people go through i mean that that's not yeah. just it's not just like you wake up and decide you want to piss off right. your parents in your catholic church right. like yeah. this is a process uh-huh. and that even even sexuality in general that there's yeah. a spectrum there and it's mm-hmm. a process and we're all figuring that mm-hmm. out you know and that to walk through that with a character yeah. is really cool i just thought that that was really mm-hmm. really powerful um i love that we that the story visited New York and the United States in the eighties in the midst of the AIDS epidemic, because that was a time when I was alive and I was very little. So I didn't have the, you know, wherewithal to really know, but it's something that I went back and I asked my mom, like, what do you remember about Mm -hmm. that time? I mean, she was a young mother and like, what was that like to read about that? And, um, and, and so that was just a time that I've just, I've heard about anecdotally, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I haven't spent a lot of time just thinking about what it would have been like to live through that time. Mm-hmm. And especially as, as mm-hmm. a gay person. And I loved, I loved how the book humanized AIDS patients yes. and showed yeah. us the spectrum of mm-hmm. it. I thought that that was really interesting. Just getting those little vignettes, like mm-hmm. from a blood transfusion, from having sex one time, mm-hmm. from not being gay at all, mm-hmm. just showing you that whole spectrum and just how tragic and right. how just scary and alienating. Um, anyway, I, I thought that was just like a, like a tragic beauty, um, there. Um, one of the like really that just stood out to me touching vignettes um, was patient Philip. He was a university student and he knew their kind of adopted mm-hmm. son, mm-hmm. Ignac. Mm-hmm. And so Cyril was sitting with him just as a volunteer in mm-hmm. the hospital and kind of visiting these patients. Um, and, and Philip started thinking that Cyril was his brother and just remembering yeah. this particular sled ride and kind of makes me tear up just to think about it. Mm-hmm. I think just because it was so specific mm-hmm. and so heartbreaking that mm-hmm. here he is at the end of his life and he's, you know, thinking of this time with his brother and here he is alone, not with his family. And he's so ashamed about it. And mm-hmm. anyway, I just, I thought that was incredibly beautiful. Um, <clears throat> just in terms of the, the time period too, it was so interesting to me that that September 11th was included. Not interesting because I didn't think that it would be, but it just made me realize what a defining moment that mm-hmm. is worldwide. Mm-hmm. And you almost, you can't have a book that goes through that time mm-hmm. period without mentioning it because it just, it was this defining moment. It kind of feels in some ways when I look at it, kind of seems like it opened a little bit of a darker Mm -hmm. chapter of world history, Mm -hmm. but just interesting. um, Yeah. To have him get through those time periods that I remember. And even though it's a fiction book to have these real world kind of touchstones in there. Um, Let's see the range of emotion in this book. Like I said, I mean, tragedy bringing me to tears, the anguish that Cyril feels about being his true self and how he's trying to figure Mm -hmm. that out, but also hilarious yeah at times yeah I just have like a couple of things I mean even just this was like weird and quirky but even just his parents always insisting like reminding him that you're our adoptive son yeah. like you're yeah. not a real Avery but they do it in this like weirdly charming way right it should be like that's kind of an awful thing to do right. but they do it in this they're, they're such eccentric yeah. people it's just, that oh, it's that's just, just, like, just my weird yeah my it's like my parents. pet name for you not a real Avery exactly <laughs> Um, but just a couple of quotes that I, or a couple of instances that were just so funny to me. So this is what Maud, his adoptive mom said to Charles, his adoptive father. 
What you know about women, replied Maud, <laughs> could be written in large font on the back of a postage stamp and there'd still be room for the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> and just their relationship, oh, how so they funny. were married and together, but but also seem to have no interest in each other. And then yeah. later Charles goes on to tell Cyril, oh, we had this like amazing six weeks or something Passionate like the most love amazing yeah. sex and yeah. all these things telling him way too many details. <laughs> but then like it cools soon after, but now it's just like a convenience thing. Yeah. But just the way that she like... And he like tried to paint himself as this like huge womanizer or whatever. Right. And it was while he was doing that, like yes. bragging about the women he'd been right. with that Maude right. was like, bah. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. You know nothing about women. Exactly. So it's just so (laughs) funny. Okay. So then, um, and now I can't remember exactly why, but there's like a, in the first part of the book, a big deal is that Charles goes to trial. He's been, I don't Mm. know, embezzling. I mean, some kind of white collar, (laughs) just ridiculous. And, and he's kind of has that bravado, like, oh, you know, they can't do anything to me. Well, he does get sentenced. Um, and the, the, and Charles asks if his sentence can begin immediately. And the judge says, no, you can, you can have a couple of weeks to get your affairs in order. And Charles says, my affairs are what got me in this mess in the first place, your honor. <laughs> so he's like, I want to start right now so I can get out sooner. Um, and then two other things when uh, Cyril, I think this was after, maybe after he had started having sex with other men and like mm-hmm. going to kind of like find them on the streets and alleys and stuff. But he decides that you know he needs to become a new person he goes to confess oh yeah and confess to that priest and he's like Give father father are you there and the priest is keeled over dead and like fallen out of the confession it's like <laughs> done him in yes this confession. Like, he could not handle that um <laughs> and just and then in the other time where he was dating or engaged to i can't remember that i mean just Oh, Mary, Mary Catherine Mary, or Mary Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. Mary Margaret. And she's just so controlling and she always not says that that would not be my standard that at is all. That's not my standard. Exactly. <laughs> they go walking or something, or she's trying to catch him with another guy. I can't mm-hmm. honestly remember what happens, but she does catch him. But she like gets the cops after yes. him. Yes. And but somehow they end up in this situation and this giant statue <laughs> of Horatio just falls on her. <laughs> so it's just like what? So almost like this like slapstick like like yeah um, physical humor but right. in the midst of it but just i don't know so right. so funny um i also just i loved how the book could have this critical tone towards the catholic church while also showing this this like beautiful and good side of like presenting they mm-hmm. presented like there is this life after death. There is this eternal life mm-hmm. that you get to spend with your loved ones. And I liked that both could exist. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. here's this Catholic church that in ways has um, perversed right. all of these right. things, but this goodness yeah. still exists. And, and just always really like beautiful. feeling kind of drawn back to that. Yeah. You know, he just right. even the need to go confess. Right. Or, like, he, like he never just wrote it yeah. off completely, but it was just like the way you know, the way they're doing it doesn't work, but there's something there mm-hmm. that I'm still drawn to. And mm-hmm. I thought, just thought that that was really, really interesting. Cause it's um, honest, right? I feel like yeah. that's probably how a lot of people feel about yeah. religion and can relate yeah. to that. Um, I do have some quotes to share and I have a lot. Okay, good. Cause I have none because I, I was listening. So I don't know how to capture. Okay. Why don't you, uh, you give your okay. review and then I'll, I know. Cause there quotes. were some super quotable moments, yes. but I was listening. So I can't yes. do that again for a book club episode <laughs> cause it doesn't work. <laughs> Um, But I will say, if you're not trying to record a podcast about this book, 
listening to it was amazing. If you have not listened to it, um, because they had their Irish accents and the narrator just did an amazing job and it was, it just set you in that setting that much more and was really cool. Um, I give it an A too. I just loved it. And I was actually super surprised by it. I didn't know what it would be about other right. than Ireland. Right. Um, I knew nothing really going in. I just had seen it on Shauna Nyquist's uh, recommendation. She had just like a cover photo of it on Instagram and said she really loved it. Um, and so I just had an audible credit and immediately downloaded it and start listening, which, I, you know, I usually like to know a little something. Yeah. And in fact, this one, I think I had already started listening to it when you were like, hey, we need a book club oh, book. And I'm perfect. like, I'm liking this one so far. Let's yeah. let's do it. I think maybe I would like to listen to this the yeah, next time. It just was for really those cool. Irish accents. Oh, cool. so good. Um, so I highly recommend that. But it's just, it's kind of like what you said. It's just one of those stories that does an amazing job, which is not easy, mm -hmm. of capturing all of the things, like the beauty, the tragedy, the comedy, mm -hmm. the absurdity yeah. of life, because yeah. life is absurd, uh, yeah. like just in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. um, I also really love books and, and find that to make it into my like top 10, mm -hmm. I love books where the character, like the setting itself is a yes, character, I love that. that it has such an impact on the story and is so woven into what's to the plot, to the characters that mm -hmm. you view it as another character. And it, mm -hmm. this, this was definitely that. Um, even when he was in different places, like yeah, New York in the right. 80s, like that they had really painted it. a huge impact, you know, all the different places he was. Um, you know, things that of course make sense when you stop to think about it, but for a minute, like if you stop and think about it for a minute, it makes sense, but you really, it's like an aha moment when you realize how much culture and the time and space in mm -hmm. which you live dictates your story, yeah. right? And how mm -hmm. the choices people make and how things happen in real life, it is very culturally impacted. Right. Um, I loved his mom's character. Yeah, I loved her spunk, but then she had this... Um, I don't know, like throughout the story, she was managing the tea room and she was mm -hmm. like taking in other girls that needed help and she was not putting up with nonsense from like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what they call their Congress people. It wasn't, yeah. it was something else. I can't remember. <laughs> with politicians. So she was it. Yeah. The, and it was nice because I feel like that's how they painted like the politics and the religion of the time mm -hmm. instead of very personally like that. Yeah, like, right. Instead of just being like, sometimes I Generally. feel like when there's just an agenda in a book, mm -hmm. it's it takes away from the story yeah. instead of just like presenting this picture mm -hmm. and like you judge for yourself, right. you know? Right. Um, I think that it did a really interesting and good job of describing what happens um, and the, the larger problems it creates when people are shamed mm. and that like worse things happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you think that thing that you're shaming that person gotcha. for is so bad, way worse things happen in the shadows and in the secrecy gotcha. and in the shame yeah. of, you know, right. Um, and just really made me think a lot as a parent, you know, it's so easy to be frustrated with your child's behavior, but mm -hmm. to not want to shame that so that it's mm -hmm. even, even if it is a legitimately wrong behavior, like to be very careful about how, um, we're making our kids feel because yeah. then they feel like they can't be themselves or right. they can't, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I just thought that was, they made a lot of really good points about that, about like Cyril's anguish over that, mm -hmm. about what it created, the dangerous situations it created for Catherine as a pregnant 16 year old, right. like yeah. just, um, and just kind of the whole shadow economy that mm -hmm. comes out of some of these things, even like the awful, like prostitution and drugs and really dangerous mm -hmm. 
you know, Ig- how do you say his name? Ignac. Ignac. That's that they like saying. rescued off the streets yeah. of like male prostitution because right. it was this whole shadow underground right. thing mm-hmm. and people weren't allowed to just love who they love. Not that there right. wouldn't be, you know, we're not perfect humans. There's always going right. to be people taking advantage of other people, but that that mm-hmm. it almost creates this like hotbed of that mm-hmm. when you are not yeah. allowed to be open about who you are. Right. Um, I loved their relationship with him yeah. and taking him in yeah. and the, the, some of their Bastion points. Bastion and Cyril oh, took in yeah. Big Mac. Yeah, I so just, sweet. Some of the things that they said, um, some of the ways that they defended their family just mm-hmm. felt so personal to me. And so mm-hmm. um, I don't even remember some of them, but some of the quotes in there are just about like, we are a family in the truest sense and yeah. um, just how they kind of had to fight for that and just really spoke to me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the ending of like, them like his mom getting married and finding yeah. love and just yeah. his grandson being gay and allowed to have his boyfriend yeah. at the wedding and just yeah. this full circle moment and yes um like but then also together. that he was still alone at the end yeah. right i mean and just that it was it wasn't like all happy ending right. and roses it was like this is the reality of life and when you've mm-hmm. lived through that many things like yeah he's like i had my one true love like it's just not right meant to be kind of thing right but he still he still has a rich and loving life yeah. but at the same time is also missing yeah. his and his had ended love. up like having this pseudo like this really actually super intimate relationship with alice and her yeah. family right and like the, it's just really i don't know really yeah. really touching at the end it so it's really beautiful i loved it yeah. would highly recommend um, so I do have some quotes that I want to share just because this this was a beautifully written book, which is, you know, one of my criteria for getting, mm-hmm. you know, a, a plus. So I kind of tried to do this in chronological order throughout the book. So um, I'll just get going. Okay, so every man is afraid of women as far as I can see, said Julian. That's true, said Maud, but only because most men are not as smart as women and yet they continue to hold all the power. They fear a change <laughs> of the world order. And I just felt like well said. she's speaking truth. Uh-huh. And, you know, she was just such this interesting character. Like in some ways she seemed like this kind of bitter writer woman. She was such a feminist. She was, you mm-hmm. know, progressive beyond her time and situation mm-hmm. of being in such conservative Ireland. Right. Just the way that she, you know, wanted to write, but in an artistic way she didn't want all the attention like, and, like she was being so popular, mad yeah. when charles got all that attention because everyone wanted to buy her books and it was just so so funny um another one so uh max was the family friend was julian's dad mm-hmm. max would be mm-hmm. i guess was julian's friend and then was charles's lawyer but then of course charles slept with max's wife mm-hmm. and so made max angry and i think that he didn't really help he like mm-hmm. sent him away to prison mm-hmm. even though he's supposed to be defending him but um uh he just wrote max was living proof that it doesn't matter if people love you or loathe you as long as they know who you are you can make a good living and i just <laughs> thought that was interesting so true um another one it was a difficult time to be irish a difficult time to be 21 years of age and a difficult time to be a man who was attracted to other men to be all three simultaneously required a level of subterfuge and guile that felt very contrary to my nature. Mm. And I just felt like that summed it up. It's like, here is your lot in life. Mm -hmm. Here are the things you really have. You don't have control over. Mm -hmm. Here's where you live. Here's who you are as a person, who you are is not accepted in any way. Mm -hmm. And you have to figure out how to 
Live. Andrew, this like fairly gentle, just wants to mind their own business. It's not like right. you're Julian. You don't want you know? attention. Yeah. You, you just, just want to live your you life just and let live. follow the rules mm-hmm. and, you know, go through everything. Um, let's see. This was um, Charles at the, at the end of his life or when he was, I can't remember if he was in a nursing home mm-hmm. or at, I think he was out of prison. So he was talking to, to Cyril. You were never a real Avery, he hissed. You know that, don't you? I do, I said. But Christ on a bike, you came close. <laughs> Christ you came on a damn bike. close. I love it. And like that was the closest he ever got to telling him yeah. he loved him. Yeah. And it's like sweet in a way. Right. And, and so short right. of what he should have done in a way. Right. It's just like all all of those it's just things. Just like as far as he could bring himself to admit. Yeah. Yeah. Just so weird. I, you know, they didn't, I guess they addressed it a little bit where it was just like, why did they adopt this boy? Yeah. And it just kind of felt like it was something they should do or it's kind right. of fashionable. The right we're, thing to do if you're privileged. We're going to be that eccentric and... couple, mm-hmm. like see how charitable we are mm-hmm. and like, oh, well, we didn't actually want to take care of you. Here's your room yeah. on the third we'll floor. We'll feed you, but and like... remember when um, Maude went up there and she was like, oh, is this where you live? Yeah. I mean, they just like, <laughs> tur- like he just had to fend for himself. Well, and it's hard to, it's, like we're laughing about it and people are probably like, that sounds awful. But yeah. it, the, the, the way characters the were so like lovable. Yes. All of them. Weird. Yes. Because this could have been a book where you just could have been like, oh, I just, I didn't like those characters. Yeah. And they the were so they nasty. Were written, and... Somehow they just had these redeeming qualities. And maybe it was because Cyril wasn't bitter. Yeah. He just, he just kind of accepted people how they were well which i think is super honest though too if you don't know any different so many people oh, have yeah. kind of awful upbringings sure. and are just like well i mean that's just they did the best they could and yeah. that's because you just that's human nature right? right you're just like well those are my parents i mean what yeah. am i supposed to do about it right and i guess too just even that story that they're telling him you know your mom didn't didn't want to keep you or mm-hmm. you know so maybe just like having from that story is like well wh- where else was i right. gonna go kind right. of um, I liked when they had the, had the quote, um, life had manifested the heart's invisible furies on his face. This, this came from when Cyril sees Julian mm-hmm. in the hospital when he's there dying mm-hmm. of AIDS. Um, and then another quote that was related to that. So Cyril's boyfriend, Bastion is a doctor and is working with AIDS patients. So they're in New York and Cyril is going and visiting the AIDS mm-hmm. patients. And, um, I think at this point, oh, Julian was dying and he said, you can't tell my family yeah, because you know, the shame that will come yeah. from having AIDS and all of that. And, and Cyril is talking with Bastion. He's really struggling with whether he should call Alice mm-hmm. Bast- or Julian's sister mm-hmm. to let her know. And, and Bastion says, Cyril, no, it's his life. It's his death. It's his choice. Mm. And I just felt really moved by that because, um, yeah, just what, um, what a kind of beautiful thing at at the very end to mm-hmm. have any control your dignity inevi- in that the yeah. dignity you're heading towards this inevitable thing and in so many ways he is stripped of all his dignity mm-hmm. he should be this young man living this beautiful healthy mm-hmm. life and i just thought that that was really beautiful mm-hmm. um and then one of the last ones that i also thought was so beautiful um so at the at the very at the very end it was near the time 
near the very end, Cyril's mo- mother, Catherine, is is getting married. Um, and he's had maybe a couple of visits from, like, ghosts. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. He's starting to kind of, like... Yeah. Like, he's close to the end, he knows, yeah. but not quite there. And I can't remember if it's at the wedding or a little bit before then, but... But Julian's ghost appears to him mm-hmm. and he tells them that he can come over like mm-hmm. he could die and come over mm-hmm. later, later tonight if he wants. Um, and just thinking about how the young Cyril would have just leapt at that chance, like right. anything to be with him. Right. But now his life is so rich in love and in family yeah. that he tells him that that I can wait just a little bit longer. Um and then, and then finally, I think he'd kind of been waiting for Bastion to appear to mm-hmm. him. And finally, Bastion did approve, uh, appear to him. And he said, these years apart will feel nothing compared to what we have before us. Mm. I thought that was so beautiful. Um, just because thinking of the what to me felt like the climax of the book mm-hmm. was the day when Julian died. Mm-hmm. And then that night, mm-hmm. Bastion was killed right. in the park just right. in an act of violence because these people recognize them as gay people, um, just senseless, Mm -hmm. just senseless violence out of ignorance Mm -hmm. and hate. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so, so anyway, I just, I thought that that was so beautiful that it kind of got that at the end, kind of that, not redemptive, but just, you know, that symmetry there too, like the two people he really loved throughout life. Yeah. 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 Those two those two worlds and those two lives colliding in mm-hmm. just kind of this horribly tragic yeah. tragic way. Yeah. Okay. So I do have one more question that I okay. thought uh was really interesting from the book discussion guide. So John Boyle Peppers, his writing with coincidence. Yeah. And definitely something you notice as you read along. Um and even some of the absurd stuff, like the statue falling, right? Like just yes. happens to be right. There's a lot of happens to be. Yes. Right. Um, so why do you think he did that? And what do you think he might be suggesting by its frequent use? You know, this was so interesting because yeah, like I said, I never thought of it. I guess I never in my head, I never called it coincidence. I called it symmetry Mm. and it did just feel like on just the grand scheme of the whole book. To me, it just felt like accounting, like Mm -hmm. just kind of a balancing. Um, and so to me, it almost kind of felt like he was, you know, something really tragic, but then something redemptive mm-hmm. or uplifting. There's a lot of evil in the world, but mm-hmm. there's good too. It just, just kind of felt, that to, point. yeah, to me that he was kind of um, balancing the scales. But also, I think it was kind of showing that you never know how your actions or inactions yeah. will affect you or yeah. others years later. And you might not even get to ever know. Right. Because there were these times where those relationships were never realized. Like in particular with Jack Smoot, mm-hmm. who Catherine goes to live with, like they arrive from country Ireland mm-hmm. in Dublin. She's met this. Somebody she met she, on Yeah, the she's met train. Sean on the train and kind of talked him up enough that like, I don't have anywhere to go. Please let me come with you. And Sean is going there to meet up with Jack mm-hmm. Smoot, who is his you know he wants who wants to be his boyfriend Mm -hmm. you know they were both gay living out in the countryside and trying to finally being able to live together um anyway so it's sean's father discovers Mm -hmm. that they're now living there and comes 
he kills Sean, yeah. kills his own son, is would have killed Jack and Catherine too. Right. She's there, but Jack ends up um, killing Sean's father. Um, and then Catherine is, is like having her baby in this mist. Yeah, zero. If, if yeah, because he gets she gets like pushed down the stairs or yeah, something, and like yeah, and there's goes some, into ki- labor. some kind of line. She's like, you know, I've waited nine months. This baby can wait nine more minutes. Yeah, but um, well, anyway, that's just a that's just kind of a tangent. But but thinking of thinking of the violence that Cyril is born into, mm-hmm. like just ends up kind of defining his life mm-hmm. and, and in this situation that so many people don't approve of that's trying to be hidden and that can cause all of this right. violence and anguish. Um, but anyway, so, but it is Jack Smoot who later yeah. owns and runs the bar yes. in Amsterdam where Bastion and Cyril always go. That's where they see Ignac mm-hmm. and end up like adopting him from there. And that's where they meet, correct? That's where they meet. And, oh, where Bastion and Cyril met, right? And yeah. didn't Jack kind of like set them yeah. up? Or he mm-hmm. kind of was the one telling him like, no, he thinks you're really mm-hmm. cute. Um, and then it's Jack who ends up killing Ignac's dad, mm-hmm. who was who is selling prostituting him. him. Yeah. Exactly. And so... But I don't think that Cyril ever, Cyril never understands that, you know, that that was the, a man present at his birth, taking care yeah. of his mom. And that and it was his mom, his mom was there Catherine too. Yeah. coming back to visit and helped dispose of the body. Because Jack Smoot and Catherine ended up staying really good right. friends. Like she right. saved his life basically. Yeah. Um, and he, saved you know, and he didn't like her because right. he saw her at first That's as like right. the third wheel. Exactly. Um, yeah, just really, I feel like there is, um, obviously it was an overemphasized point. Like uh-huh. life doesn't work out quite that way. Like you yeah. said, like fiction right? or or it might, and we don't see it. Mm, we don't see right. all the far reaching effects, but yeah. I think it was an overemphasized point to emphasize that like life is beautiful because mm-hmm. of all of the hard mm-hmm. and the good together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. You don't, and it's not in spite of, it's because of right. all of that and how it, how it works together. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting. Um, I also think it does a lot to like, just in some of the sillier coincidences, mm-hmm. like provide some hope and some whim- whimsy mm-hmm. into what can otherwise kind of be a dreary story at times. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a lot of really bad, hard things right. that happen to him. Yeah, um, that's true. I think it makes a lot of points about how about fate and like you said, how your story might turn out completely differently as a you know, on the turn of any decision or in mm-hmm. a different setting or a different time and place. Mm-hmm. Um and just then like that this they're all based around these relationships and just how much these relationships matter and have a lasting impact, whether you literally find your way back to each other down the road mm-hmm. or not. Just mm-hmm. like how because you met this person or because you loved this person, this is the direction your life takes. Yeah. And and that's true, you know? And, and like yeah. I said, it may be a little more dramatic and poetic in this book than mm-hmm. it turns out in real life, but it's yeah. making a, tr- a very true point that yeah. like, and it yeah. does it really well. I mean, I think that just the the most, you know, choosing this way or that way at the climax of the book mm-hmm. Cyril's the one who wants to walk through Central Park yeah. and it's just that split second yeah. decision and that changes everything, mm-hmm. you know? So, but yeah, I, I, I did think that there was just a, just a beauty to it. If you can, 
you know, kind of just remember this is fiction. It's not right. supposed to be how real life happens. But the I, that would never happen yeah, aspect. Exactly. But, but I, I just feel like I they did such a good job beautiful. of, the author did such an amazing job of writing the characters and the yes. reaction. Right. That then felt even if the real. plot felt contrived at points, you know, like, oh, that's that's right. too coincidental. Right. It just felt like, no, but really that is, that's life. Mm-hmm. It's all the good and all the bad. And so, yeah, yeah. it was beautiful. Oh, it was Highly be- recommend. It was a beautiful book. Okay. So I think that wraps up book club for this time. We've laughed. We've cried. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> we've had some cinnamon roll. Uh, connect with us between episodes on Instagram and Facebook or by sending us an email at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com. Um, you can find the show notes for our episode at girlnextdoorpodcast.com and we would love to hear what you thought of this book it's yeah. it's a meaty one it so is. we'd love to hear what you thought and thank you so much as always for your iTunes reviews and sharing the show with a friend thanks so much for dropping in until next time be neighborly Round two. Yep, take two. Ding, ding, ding.